Welcome to PDPW's podcast. Here's Bill Baker. We are not born leaders as each of us learns how to lead. As we hear from servant leadership trainer Tom Thibodeau, leadership is learned first in families and then other community members, and then of course your boss or supervisor. So who's shaping your goals or how are you bringing in the next generation of leaders? As we hear from Tom, no one makes it by themselves. Always good to be with you. Today I thought we'd talk about learning how to become a leader. A quote from T.H. White. The best thing for being sad, replied Merlin, is to learn something. That's the only thing that never fails. You may grow old and trembling in your anatomies. You may lie awake at night listening to the disorder of your veins. You may miss your only love. You may see the world about you devastated by evil lunatics or know your honor trampled in the sewers of baser minds. There's only one thing for it, then, to learn. Learn why the world wags and what wags it. That's the only thing which a mind can never exhaust, never alienate, never be tortured by, never fear or distrust, never dream of regretting. Learning's the thing for you. How important learning is to our growth and development. In studies of those people who live to be 100, they found three things that become very important. One, people who live to be 100 have learned to live with loss. Certainly, as you get to be 100 years of age, you've lost family members, you've lost friends, you've lost physical ability. You've learned to live and to understand and to accept loss. Two, people who live to an older age have developed a sense of humor. They realize that in certain situations, humor is the only way out, or as James Thurber said, humor is our only exit from an absurd situation. And by the time you get to be 100, you've seen a number of absurd situations and realize that a sense of humor was in many ways your salvation. And finally, how is it that people who live to be 100 remain active? They're constantly learning constantly thinking. They're curious about the world, who they are and whose they are, how important it is to continue to learn. You cannot lead people past where you are. And so if you and I are going to accept the responsibilities of leadership in an organization, in a family, in a community, we constantly need to be curious. We constantly need to be thoughtful. We need to be reflecting. We need to be reading and writing and learning. A leader is someone who inspires and engages others to work for a greater good every day. We are not born as leaders. Each of us learns how to lead. In his marvelous book, Leadership as an Art, Max Dupre writes a story about his father, the chairman of his company. He said, my father is 96 years of age. He is the founder of the Herman Miller Company, and much of the value system that has impounded our company is his legacy that we draw on today. It is his contribution. In the furniture industry of the 1920s, the machines of our factories were not run by electric motors, but by pulleys from a central drive. The steam engine got its steam from the boiler. The boiler, in our case, got its fuel from the sawdust and other waste coming out of the machine room. A beautiful cycle. The millwright was the person who oversaw that cycle and on whom the entire activity operation depended. He was a key person. One day, the millwright died. My father, being a younger manager at the time, did not particularly know what he should do when a key person died, but thought he ought to go visit the family. He went to the house and was invited 
to join the family in the living room, and there was some awkward conversation, the kind which many of us are familiar with. The widow asked my father if he'd be all right if she read aloud some poetry. Naturally, he agreed. She went into another room, came back with a bound book, and for many minutes read selected pieces of beautiful poetry. When she finished, my father commented on how beautiful the poetry was and asked who wrote it. She replied that her husband, the millwright, was the poet. It's now nearly 60 years since the millwright died, and my father and many of us at Herman Miller continue to wonder, was he a poet who did millwright's work, or was he a millwright who wrote poetry? In our effort to understand corporate life, in our understanding our businesses and our organizations, what is it that we should learn from this story? In addition to all the ratios and goals and parameters and bottom lines, it is fundamental that leaders endorse a concept of persons. This begins with an understanding of the diversity of people's gifts and talents. Understanding and accepting diversity enables us to see that each of us is needed. It also enables us to begin to think about being abandoned to the strength of others, of admitting that we cannot know or do everything. The simple act of rec- Recognizing diversity in corporate life helps us to connect the great variety of gifts that people bring to work in the service of our organization. Diversity allows us to contribute in a special way to make our special gift as a part of our effort together. Recognizing diversity helps us to understand the need that we have for opportunity, equality, and identity in the workplace. Recognizing diversity gives us a chance to provide meaning, fulfillment, and purpose, which are not to be relegated slowly to private life, any more so than things like love, beauty, and joy. It also helps us to understand that for many of us, there's a fundamental difference between goals and rewards. In the end, diversity is not only real in our corporate groups, but as with the millwright, it frequently goes unrecognized. When we think about leaders and the variety of gifts people bring to corporations and institutions, we see that the art of leadership lies in polishing and liberating and enabling those gifts. We learn from our experiences. And so just as Max Dupre's father learned about what it was to be compassionate, he learned empathy in the living room of that family that day. All of us need to continually be learning and reflecting about who we are. We need to be learning and reflecting about the situation in which we are leading. We need to be learning and reflecting about the people whose lives are entrusted to our care. We are not born leaders. Each of us learns how to lead. Leadership is learned first in our own families of origin. When I ask people who taught you first about leadership, number one question comes out, it was their father or their mother, a grandparent, an uncle, an aunt. Some of us are continuing to learn leadership lessons from our spouses or our children. It's in our families that we first learn about leadership, what it is to serve other people, what it is to sacrifice on their behalf. When Robert Greenleaf, the founder of Servant Leadership, was asked for a definition of servant leadership, he said, look at a good mother. Does a good mother give her children everything the child wants? No. Does a good mother serve the child's deepest needs? Yes. We learn leadership from teachers and coaches at a very early age in school. We learn how it is to participate in a group. Coaches teach us when we need to play and when we need to sit down, when we need to take a starting role, and when we need to be supportive. Teaching and coaching are very important in our development. What it is to participate in a group, to participate in a democracy, how to lead a farm or a community. 
We learn about leadership from other community members. Think of the number of service organizations that people belong to, whether it be Rotary, Kiwanis, Lions. Look how people have joined the Knights of Columbus, the Masons. Look at the number of people who join together for Shriners Hospitals, people who join together in their community for a greater good each and every day. Girl Scouts, FFA, 4-H are all ways in which we participate in the community, in which our character is developed, our skills are, are, are tested, and our character is formed. And finally, we learn about leadership from our supervisors at work. Constantly tell people that the biggest thing they need to do when recruiting and retaining good people is to make sure that your new people get a good supervisor, get a good mentor. The number one characteristic of a success later on in your career is your relationship with your first supervisor. If you have a good first supervisor, you will develop good relationships and good habits. If you have a poor first supervisor, there's a chance that you will develop poor leadership skills, poor habits, poor relationships, how difficult it is to overcome poor habits. Learning to lead requires getting help from others. Social support is a necessary condition for growth and development, particularly when learning is challenging. I talk about this today because in many different organizations and institutions, the challenges are enormous. I think of farmers who will be going out into their fields very shortly where gas is now doubled in price, where nitrogen is up over 200% that will affect costs of fertilizer. Where do you find the people that you need to work in your milk house or in your fields? Where are those people that are available now to work in packing plants and other places where animals are, are produced for our benefit? Very, very important that we constantly are learning but being supported and learning to deal with the challenges. We don't know what it's like to work through an uncertain future Although, as we look back during the pandemic, what do we understand? We have more resilience than what we've given ourselves credit for. The single most important thing you can do to help ensure your future success is to find someone who has taken an interest in your development, somebody who is interested in teaching you something. What's really important is to understand that I always have the humility. I do not know it all. And so that those leaders that are most effective are those leaders who are constantly listening and learning, constantly adjusting, constantly reading, reflecting, remaining curious, and asking important questions. In a study done by Dr. Benjamin Bloom at the University of Chicago, who investigated the development of 120 top performers in various fields from musicians to neurologists to Olympic swimmers, Dr. Bloom found no matter what the initial characteristics or gifts of individuals, unless there is a long and intensive process of encouragement, training, nurturance, education, the individuals will not attain the levels of capability in their particular fields. Who is it that takes an interest in you? Who is it that's helping you to develop your skills, your abilities? Who is it that's helping to shape your character? Who are the people that are giving you the ideas that you will need to be able to navigate an uncertain future? Who are we taking an interest in? How are we developing that next generation of learners and leaders? To achieve excellence, 
be successful in every organization, everyone must be committed to the growth and development and support of each other. This is the essence of teamwork. No one gets here by ourselves. This is the example of ordinary people in our communities who take an extraordinary interest in others. So you think about it in terms of a community, how many teachers and coaches in small towns have helped to shape the future of that town by preparing people through decades because of their dedication to their learning and to the growing. Thinking about the people who take on leadership roles in nonprofit organizations that serve our communities, people who go to church meetings or FHA meetings just to make sure that the meetings are conducted correctly and that work gets done. All of us are dependent upon the goodness, the thoughtfulness, and the commitment of each other in learning how to lead. Leadership groups, in order to be effective, need coaching. In one organization that I'm working with, what they have done now is help the managers on themselves, not as managers, but as coaches. And they give each person five different people to coach. And they meet with them for a half hour every week. A half hour of feedback, a half hour of listening, a half hour of presence and support. What would that be like if you knew that you had a coach once a week who would sit down with you? And there are the three questions that they ask. One, how's your personal life? What's taking place at home? How are you feeling? Giving people a sense that they are being identified as a person who has value. Second, how are things going in your work area? How are things taking place with your, with your teammates? How is it that we're serving you as a company? In this way, people realize that they are part of a community, that they are being supportive, and at the same time have the responsibility to support the work of other people. All of us have success only when we work together. And finally, the last question is, what is it that I may help you with? How is it that I may continue to support you? What is a goal that you have for this particular week? How is it that I may help you attain your goals? What is it that you need to achieve? All of us need to have people in our lives who will support us. And right now, the world is being challenged in terms of leadership. Who are the people who are supporting the leaders? Who are the people that are willing to coach? Who are the people that are willing to step forward and say, I am here. I got your back. Members of every team and every organization, learning builds trust. We trust each other enough that we can be genuinely vulnerable to each other. We trust each other, recognizing it is a secret sauce. There was a man who, in the 1950s, would go down to the cable that was strung across Niagara Falls on the Canadian side. And he'd go down and he'd walk across the cable and he'd come back and people would cheer. And he says, uh, you think I can walk across it with a wheelbarrow? Yes, you can. And he'd put a wheelbarrow up and he'd walk across halfway, spin the wheelbarrow around and come back, and people just went wild. And then he'd take a wheelbarrow and he'd put 100 pounds of rock in it, and he'd take it out halfway over the falls, spin it around carefully, and walk back with it. And he said, you think I can walk across the falls and back? Yes, you can do it. You think I can take a wheelbarrow across? Yes, you can do it. You think I can take 100 pounds of wheelbarrow? Yes, you can do it. 
You think I can do it again? Yes, you can do it. And he would then dump out uh, the rock and said, okay, who wants to get in? <laughs> See, we can believe in a lot of stuff. But at a certain point, each of us must take the risk to trust, to trust our leaders, to trust ourselves, to be honest and saying, this is what I know and this is what I don't. Constantly learning. Learning's the thing for you in very difficult situations. What is it that we learned going through the pandemic? What did we learn about resilience? What did we learn about our communities? What did we learn about the character of one another? Learn about the character of our nation, of the people who continue to serve us. Wherever I speak, whenever I get an opportunity, I remind people that the real heroes of the pandemic were farmers who two years ago at this time walked out to their barns and their fields not knowing what the prices would be, but produced the food that fed the nation and fed the world. How important it is that we begin to recognize the nobility of what we have accomplished because we're not done yet. Team members have to be responsible to each other in their commitments and in their behavior. Commitment and behavior. Learning to be a better person each and every day. Willing to put our nickel down on goodness. I don't know about you, but I've been watching keenly the frightening pictures coming out of Ukraine. What gives me hope are ordinary Polish citizens going to the border with hot soup and coffee because they care about their fellow human beings. Brothers and sisters in need, please come and stay with us. Team members committed to each other. Their character of hospitality and goodness is on display. And finally, when we begin to recognize that we are learning about leadership, we are learning about ourselves, we are learning about the capabilities of others, but more importantly than anything else, we are learning of what it is that we can do together that we can never accomplish alone. Yes, it's distressing as to what we see in the world today, but isn't it refreshing to see ordinary people coming together? The Ukrainian community in Chicago filling a warehouse with food and clothing and what their relatives will need in the Ukraine, having that shipped overseas and people wanting to make sure that other people are being taken care of. Is it amazing that the Western world has come together and said, we will not tolerate the destruction of another nation. We are going to stand together. We don't exactly know how it's going to come out, but we will not back down. We are learning that we have the possibility of goodness. The only thing that allows evil to triumph over good is for enough good people to do nothing. Max DePray's father could have stayed home that night, but instead went to visit the widow of the millwright, listened to his poetry, and came away feeling more connected to a fellow human being. Think of your role as a leader today. What is it that you still need to learn? Who is it that you need to encourage? Who is it that you need to listen to? 
who is it that you need to support? Each of us are good people doing something, and this gives us all hope. Well, Bill, again, it's just always a joy to have an opportunity to speak with you and to our our listeners, trying to give them a sense of hope and belief in the goodness that we have each and every day to make the world a better place. Our thanks to Tom Thibodeau for today's message. Tom, a distinguished professor of servant leadership at Viterbo University. And for archived podcasts and more on-demand programs, and for more on the professional development for today's dairy producer, head to PDPW's free website at pdpw.org. Until next time, have a safe and productive week.